first time in the history of baseball. This is November baseball. And the 3-2 pitch. Swung on a drill to right field. Going back Sanders. On the track. At the wall. See ya! A game-winning walk-off home run by Derek Jeter. He is Mr. November. Here's the pitch on the way. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. As Joe Carter hits a three-run home run in the ninth inning. And the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Welcome to the Batters Box Podcast. I'm Mikey Piceno. I'm Reese Williams. I'm Dr. Mike. And this is your weekly insight to everything happening around the world of baseball. And this might, uh, this is it. This is, this is it. We got Reese, we got Dr. Mike, we got myself. And for at least the time being with college wrapping up for Reese and who knows which way things will take us. This is going to be our last episode for the foreseeable future, if not ever. Let's jump in with Dr. Mike. We're glad to have you back for one more, one more run. Let's start off with opening weekend. Go all the way back. We haven't been back since then. Um, we're going to talk about the Castellanos suspension. Obviously, Castellanos with the Reds gets suspended for, I guess the correct terms were breaking protocols when he celebrated and fist pumped or like flexed uh, to the pitcher after he scored on a pass ball. Yadier Molina then proceeded to come up behind him and actually start the altercation. But let's talk about a little background here. Castellanos gets hit in his at-bat that got him on base, and then he scores. He homered the day before, which led to him getting hit. And then he's the one who suspended, even though all he did was flex and scream, let's go, while Yadier Molina is the guy who's running at him actually starting the fight. It's the situation we run into in today's baseball of showing emotion. The older generation hates it, some of the older players hate it, while you have the new generation of Castellanos and what he's doing, Bauer, the way Bauer goes about himself, Tatis, they all show this emotion, and I don't blame Castellanos for what he did. There should have been no altercation from that. First, like you touched on, hits a home run. Then he gets blatantly thrown at because of that and gets hit. You can understand him being upset, right? Then you're telling me he can't show emotion because he beat a close play at home and gave his team a run. You know what I mean? I think put them in the lead at that point with that run. Like, I'm going to be pumped up too. Like, there's no reason for that altercation. Dr. Mike, what do you got? Well, you know, more I hear about this, this scenario, the more frustrated I get. I mean, a 48-year-old... I've forgotten more baseball than you guys have even seen. And this is the nonsense that goes on. This is the entire generation, whether it's in sports or outside of sports. And honestly, you can't put up with it anymore. The guy hits a homer, and then they throw out the next day. Well, let me tell you something. Don't let up the damn homer. I mean, how many times do I have to say this? Get the guy out. 
And now, and now Molina, I'm so sick and tired of Molina. Honest to God, retire already. That should have retired three years ago. How old is he now? He's running around. I'm so sick of it. I, I gotta check this. How, how old is Molina? I actually want to know this. And, you know, I think, so Dr. Mike, we were at the WBC. A couple 38. Years. He's 38 this year, Molina. Okay. Dr. Mike. He's 38, but yeah, he's, yeah, he's 38, but he's really 42. Dr. Mike, we were at the WBC a couple years back, correct? 2017 when the U.S. won it? Yep. Yep. Now, Yadier Molina played for the, was it Puerto Rico or the Dominican Republic? He is, hold on, I have it here. I know it's one of the two. I can't remember off the top of my head. Where is it? Hold on. But he's Puerto Rican. So he played for Team Puerto Rico. And WBC, every country, is fired up, all in. Well, yeah. All think especially those well, countries. Say, so, well, I was saying, especially the Dominican and, and a couple South American countries that do play, like, it's big for them. Like, it's their then one major I'll sport. say the U.S., Japan, and then Korea. Puerto Rico. No, I'll say so. U.S., Japan, Puerto Rico, Dominican. and Dominican Republic yeah. are the four most energetic teams at the WBC. Especially the fan bases for the Dominican and Puerto Rican. But the players as well. The players are just as fired up. So all these players play with all this energy during the WBC. What changes? Why why is it frowned upon to have that energy when the games matter? Well, I think it is what Reese was saying. It's the unwritten rules and all this stuff. And you see, it's it's very hypocritical because then a week later, you have a different scenario going on. And, you know, they're, they're not... Uh, they're not upset that Tatis is throwing the bat to the moon when he when he homers. You know what I mean? So he, he can't have it both ways. And to be honest with you, to me, I don't even see what the bat. If I'm on defense, I'm not even paying attention to what the batters do. Right? So that we all, everybody does it. Every team does it. Every guy does it. It's okay for my guy to throw the bat, bat flip and yell at the bench. And, but it's not okay what your guy does. I mean, it's okay for my guy to wear a buzzer and have you banging drums, but it's not okay if you if you peek into the catch. I mean, honest to God, they, they talk about the unwritten rules, and they, these guys don't even—they wouldn't know Henry Aaron, Babe Ruth, or Mickey Mantle if they bit him in the ass. And, and so they're not—they're not worried about old school stuff. I mean, I'm just fed up with it. Doctor Mike, you want to talk about like oh old school stuff? Everybody bat flips. I mean, hell, even you bat flipped when you hit a home run off rookie, or not rookie sensation, but young sensation in the Indians organization, Tristan McKenzie. You bat flipped. Yeah, and he cried about it. <laughs> I mean, my whole thing is, again, it's you have your older generation, your newer generation, but you have to bring something to the game that not only makes it more exciting for younger kids to want to get into the game, but also makes the fans stay interested and gets conversation going. You're gonna bring that by having this excitement of the bat flips, of the expression of, of emotions, of going through bases or whatever else. It adds so much more to this game. It makes it so yeah. much more exciting to watch as a fan. I think what adds to the hypocrisy- You can have that. You, you can have the emotion. I'm not saying don't have the emotion. I'm saying the guys are a bunch of crybabies throwing at them. Yeah. Well, and yeah. That's my point. I don't care about the bat flips. You know what? Again, at the end of the day, it's a 162-game season, and when you get to the playoffs and you're watching every single pitch, sitting on the edge of your couch, watching every pitch, and that guy hits the homer in that spot, there should be emotion. So why not during the mundane 
you know, long haul of a regular season do you not have it? I think the, 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 the defense, let's call it, or the pitchers, you know, the, the, when they're on defense, they forget the fact that their teammates are doing the same thing, right? And that's the part that drives me crazy. I think the biggest part of all this that drives me crazy is the hypocrisy of just media in general and all this. The same media outlets who are writing these articles about the unwritten rules and how Cassiano shouldn't have gotten up and flexed are the same ones who are using the videos of, like you said, Tatis' home runs or Aroldo Acuna Jr. bat flip or a Bryce Harper bat flip. They're using that content to grow their social media following and to use it to make money. The hypocrisy is just I unreal. I, I don't want to comment on the media right now because if I do, it's will turn into a non-baseball podcast. Yeah, I can't. I can't find the exact tweet right now, but Bauer put out there at some point in the last few weeks talking about the whole throwing at people, right? And, and discussing it from his point of view. He went out and specifically said, "There's no reason." For you to target a batter and throw at them on purpose after hitting a home run. If you allow that home run, that's on you. You shouldn't be upset by throwing at somebody. Play the game like it is. There's, if it's a mistake, that's on you. You just have to move on from it and improve. If you don't want that happening to you, you need to be a Jacob DeGrom if you don't want to get homeward off of every single game. Yeah, and well, what, cracks me up is, what cracks me up is none of these pitchers want to even pretend to throw on the inside corner of the plate, right? No, so yeah, they, they don't they pretend, they just go for it. Yeah. yeah. They don't use that part of the game until the guy hits the home and then they hit him right between the back, right between the numbers, you know? So, again, it just, the whole thing is so out of whack that it, it's frustrating now to, to watch this stuff because it's like everything else in society. There's a hypocrisy that goes on. So, and, and that's what you don't want to see that when you're uh, watching your sporting event. They actually got the Philly game on right now, and Molina's stepping in the box. It's 324. Maybe you should prepare. Well, Dr. Mike, uh, go Phils. But Reese mentioned Trevor Bauer. That's a perfect jump for one of our next topics. We're going to move over to the Dodgers Padres. This has happened more recently, but we've had what? Six baseball games out of these two teams? Five? Six. Or no. Yeah, six. No matter the number. Six or seven, something like that. But in the Dodgers just won the series. Four and three. The Padres are four and three. There you go. All right. No matter matter the number of games, those seven baseball games are probably the seven best baseball games this year. Well, Hosmer even came out and said that they need to give us 162 Dodgers, uh, Padres, like 162 games in the whole year, just those two teams. Because it's a World Series game every time they go out there. And you know what? I love that. That's that is what the game needs. You know what the NL needed it. They did. The, I, it's not even that the game needs it. The whole National League needs it because no team in the NL has been able even able to barely touch the Dodgers over the last few years in terms of how well they are as a baseball team. Yeah, the Dodgers didn't win the World Series. You know, every year, three four years. They won. They finally got their one last year. But this gives it like the NL this year has looked at least in the Dodgers division has looked a lot more competitive, which hopefully should bring the in a little bit more back down to earth with more competitive teams. Dr. Mike, what are your thoughts on the Dodgers Padres? And I want to just touch real quick on Tatis. Like he gets paid, gets off to a little bit of a slow start. He got but hurt then too. when the games matter, he shows up. Unlike other guys on the Yankees, um, Tatis shows up and hits five homers in three games is now tied for the uh, league lead, like the league lead. 
Well, first of all, the thief was hurt at the start of the year. It was yeah. questionable about what was going on with his shoulder. I think that had a lot to do with it. Probably injected him with a little cortisone, which I just got in my neck last Thursday. It feels great, by the way. And um, here's my take on the Dodgers and the Padres. Major League Baseball is going to rue the day they made the decision not to expand the playoffs because the Padres aren't making the playoffs. You don't think so, they're going to be the number one wild card? I don't. I think I think the fact of the matter is we're going to have 12 more games against the Dodgers. And what if you go? What if you go? They go nine and three or eight and four. There are already a couple of games out to begin with. Now, yeah, you're right. There is an opportunity for a wild card, and I haven't looked that closely yet because it's still early. But that's my concern. The Giants are in the mix. The Giants are going to be a spoiler. <clears throat> so you may have one of these other divisions, Central, you know, the where East. you're going to have an opportunity to, to maybe bleed a team out. Now, the Potters are right. They probably will sneak in one of the two. But even with that, you could be looking at it, well, what if they lose? What if yeah. they lose the wild card game? Well, The Giants right now are reminding me a lot of last year's Marlins team. Play just, just they, they play the spoiler, and but they're not just playing spoiler. They're playing phenomenal baseball. I think like that's the scary part is if I mean yeah they're probably gonna cool down eventually, but while they're hot right now, they have the I'm pretty sure the second best record. They had the second best record in the NL. Okay, I'm not, the only thing yeah. I think that's like Dr. Mike said is the playoffs aren't expanded next this year. Yeah, it's it's two it's three so division winners too. Either the MLB is going to get bit in the ass and the Padres aren't going to make it because the Giants might sneak in, mm-hmm. or you're going to say, oh, the Giants are like this Marlins team. You're right, but in a normal year, that Marlins team doesn't get it. They miss by no, three games. Yeah, but I'm so, saying like they could still be that team. They're like, yeah, they may miss by three games, but they're the same kind of. They're on the same path as that Marlins team. I think last year's playoffs expanded the way we talked about teams and the way we saw competitors. Like, you saw the Marlins completely different than you saw them this year because they could miss the playoffs by three games this year, but they would have got in with that last year. By missing it this year, like, oh, they missed by three or four games. They weren't going to get in. That's the Marlins we expected. But in reality, last year they get in with that three games back. Yeah. The, the question that comes up is, are the Phillies and Braves going to be good enough to stay with the Giants and the Padres? Like, is, is the NL East going to be so mediocre that they're all going to be around 500? Or is it going to be so mediocre that the Phillies and Braves are going to be able to mop up on the bottom two? And let's face it, okay? I'll say it now. You can take a snapshot of the NL East standings right now. Yeah. Okay? Because what, what month is it again? It is still April, Dr. Mike. It's still April. It is in May. All right? And I'm not here to talk about the Mets. Because what happens every year in May. Okay? The entire division is separated by two games. The Phillies are one back. The Marlins, Braves, and Nationals are all two back of the Mets. With the Mets are nine and eight. The Mets are barely five hundred. With all those games left to play, and the Mets are still a series behind, as well as the Nationals are. So that last, they're gonna have to make up games. So the Mets are gonna have to play a couple double double headers. Right. You, it's that again. We always talk about how competitive that division is for how close it's gonna be. It's, it's like, they're literally gonna go down. It's far. like I said, the winner of the division is gonna win like eighty-seven to eighty-nine games because they're all gonna go back and forth. Yeah. The um. The last thing I just want to touch on real quick with Dodgers Padres is your thoughts on the whole Tatis sign stealing that he did a little peak, which 
John Boy, which okay, big John. big Yankees guy, big Yankees Twitter guy has a podcast. Big Twitter guy. Big Twitter guy in general. Everyone should know who John Boy is. He put out a video, watching the he watched back a recording of it. Tatis didn't look down to see the actual sign. That he didn't see Trevor Bauer showing a cutter. It was a cutter to the outside. He, for the he saw the placement of the catcher. So he leaned in and hit it. So that's that's what he said he could have saw, but he did not see what type of pitch he was Listen, getting. all right? A couple things with that. One, Trevor Bauer had the biggest reaction out of any player about the Astros scandal. So now we're just, people are just going to dig and dig and dig for anything they could turn up that might get under Trevor's skin, that might get them some recognition. In all reality, it's not. If a team can have an organizational-wide cheating scandal and get no suspensions, no punishment, no nothing, I don't want to hear about Tatis peeking where the glove is. Right? If he turned around and he blatantly stared at the signs, yeah, that's one thing. This, the clip is literally a split second. It's not even one it's second. looking down. So that's he, what I'm saying. Like it was just, it's like I don't see like the huge. He could have been looking down to see if his jersey was buttoned up all the way, or his belt was on the right way. Okay, 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 okay. Tatis, one hundred percent, looked down at the side. This shouldn't be news and though. Also, it happens all the time though. Because that's within the game. That's what we've been talking about last year. When a guy's on second base and he steals the sign, but that's part of the game. Okay. The other stuff wasn't. Bowery, Bowery didn't say much. Bowery said, fine, Tatis, do what you want. He did the homers. I, don't, I didn't hear a comment about uh, about the looking at the sign. Again, that's the part of get the gamesmanship within the game. That's where it's allowed. You're allowed to cheat. If you get out of it, it's not cheating. That's getting an advantage. You know, cheating is the buzzers and the garbage pails and, you know, all that stuff. So... Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it, but that's where you don't have a problem with the guy who gets drilled the next time. What's? And by the way, I don't know if you guys have the Yankee game on that, but this team is a disaster. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that in a second. The last thing uh, to go to Bauer's tweet on the situation because uh, Fuzzy, who's a big YouTuber in the MLB community, put something out about did Fernando Tatis know it was coming. Bauer retweeted that and said, "If you need to know what pitch is coming that badly." Just ask Daddy nicely next time, Tatis. You know I ain't scared, homie. Did, but Bauer just implied that he was Tatis's daddy, but Tatis took him deep twice. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's a really weird situation. Because if you look back the video, it, that's a part of the game. There's a reason catchers look up to make sure their sign's not getting stolen. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a part of the game that you should understand about that. Just I feel like this got blown up so much because – who was on the mound and who was batting? It's just, I mean, it makes it great for Twitter, but the best the best part is that Tatis is getting all this money, and how long do you think he can really do it for? Because he's not doing it for the life of that contract. And I worry about you know guys who have all this flair and all this initial success. You get that little bit older, and then you're just not able to. To the level, I and mean, right now he's phenomenal. But check him and be in three years from now. I think a great example of that is Stanton. Contract's worth it. Stanton's a phenomenal example. They right. paid him so yeah, much money for him to be hurt. Yeah, and again, at baseball, you 
pay these guys all that money, rarely do you get... In 14 years, they'll be lucky to win one World Series. The Yankees haven't won a World Series since 2009. Look at the... You know what I mean? So, so what are you gaining by paying that guy that much money in terms of winning? I mean, he's a great player, don't get me wrong. But, but I don't know. Those contracts just don't pay off. An even better example. That's why that's why baseball needs to expand the playoffs because you can get the increase the interest. You can by 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 increasing expanding the playoffs. You could actually almost self put a self imposed salary cap on because you wouldn't need to go out and sign all these free agents for that kind of money because you have a better chance of just being the Marlins from last year and making the playoffs and making a little run. Well, I was gonna say, look at the Angels. The money they're paying Trout. And the money that is yep. dished out for Rendon a few years ago. What is that team? And, o- and Otani. And well, Otani's not to the money that Rendon or Trout are making. Trout's highest paid player in baseball. But you're putting all those money in three guys. Three guys don't win you a championship. Like, it just doesn't happen. You either have to do it through drafting and just your prospect pool and get them up to where they need. Or you do become a team like the Marlins or what the Giants are doing right this second. They're still winning games. Without a star set of cats, the best player on the Giants right now is what? Mike Dostromsky? Probably. Maybe Buster. But I guess Buster's not Buster's the biggest team. name. He's not the best player. He's yeah, the, best, the best player is Dostromsky now. Like, that's nothing compared to what other teams have. Like, you have all these high market yeah. teams that put, put out all this money when you could be spending half that and still put out. But there's Moneyball was created for a reason. But We'll see. Let's move over. We'll go a couple quick hitters before money. we go to the Yankees. Speaking of Moneyball, go. Reese, good uh, good transition. I didn't even pick up on it. That's another sign that I need to get out. Of, that's another sign I need to get out of the I'm game. I'm great at this podcast um, stuff. The A's just wrapped up a 13-game win streak. Any thoughts on the A's, Doctor Mike? We'll start with you. Oh, I think it's awesome. I said to someone the other day that give me something to watch late night. Uh, they'll pique my interest a little bit over the summer. Keep an eye on them. But the reality is, Moneyball was created for a reason. And Moneyball still always loses in the playoffs. So uh, it's, it's a nice little story. It's a great run. Uh, you got to be sick to your stomach if you're a, a Anaheim or LA Angel fan because every year this is going to be the year. This is going to be the year. This is going to be the year. They're three games out, and they're not as good as the A's. Yeah. So now the A's have some confidence. But when you look at the standings, what's interesting, taking a quick glance, they went on that run through the 14 and 8, even after that, that run. Yeah, they, well, they had one, that horrible uh, series after against the Astros to start the year. They were 1 and 8 to start the year. Yeah, so, so there's, no, there's no separation, you know. But they're a good team. I like that they're a good regular season team, uh, and they'll give you fits in the playoffs. And. It's going to be a fun season this year. I mean, getting things back to normal a little bit, getting seeing these teams play, and a lot of teams are vaccinated. And uh, so it should be an uninterrupted summer, you would hope. And the Yanks just lost again, by the way. Um, good. So, yeah, I like the A's. They're always a good story to watch. You can't always count out Bob Melvin and the A's. But what you really don't want to do with this team is continue to let them be hot, win the division, and be the two-seed or potentially the one seed, because it's not fun playing in Oakland. It is not. It is one of right. the worst places you can play. If Oakland somehow manages Plus to eight. be a one or two seed 
and they can get home field advantage, or say they don't win the division and can get a wild card spot but be the best wild card team out of the bunch, that is the toughest team to play if they're the home team. Also, and that probably in the whole of the American if, League. If you make the wild cards the two seed and the A's the number one seed, and you're from the AL East, that wild card trip is hell. Because then you got to get on the plane, go all the, go way, to all the way to Oakland, play the game in the one of the least hitter-friendly parks in baseball. With a strong fan base. With a very strong fan base. Possibility of you have to then use your ace, and then if you were to beat them, you have to get back on a flight and go probably to the AL East where the winner of the AL East could be the number one seed, as it has been in years past, and fly back across and do another red-eye overnight to land and play a best-of-five series. And you're also playing the one seed. And you're playing the one seed. Who's the best team in the AL, which is not not fun. I mean, that's the thing with the A's. That's where they get dangerous, is you can't let them find a way to get home field advantage, because if you do, it's going to bite you in the butt. I think next topic here, um, just DeGrom real quick. Dr. Mike, I know you don't want to talk about the Mets. We're not going to talk about it long. DeGrom has struck out 50 of the 101 batters he's faced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year, I remember we had the argument or discussion about, oh, is he the best pitcher in baseball because of what happened with Bauer and Darvish? He's the I, best pitcher in baseball. One, and once again, that conversation is another reason why I need to get out of podcasting. I mean, people can say, that, like, yeah, I get, like, Cole's the highest paid starting pitcher. Okay. Right? No, I'm just saying, but, like, that's where I get confused because, like, if you look at DeGrom's numbers, especially over the last four years, he's thrown no higher than a 2-5 ERA. Like, this year, right this second, he's at a .31. He's allowed one run. He has two RBIs. He has more RBIs than he's allowed runs. He's allowed 13 hits. Through six starts. Through four starts. Oh! 13 hits through four starts. And he's lost how many games? One. Well... But the team, how many wins does he have? Two. So he's two. He went no decision in another one. Okay. Because the Mets can't seem to score runs. That's what what sucks is you have – it's kind of like Trout with the Angels, right? The best player. Trout's the best hitter in the MLB, the the best, you know, position player in the MLB. But he has nothing that helps around him, especially in the pitching. Then you have DeGrom, who's the best pitcher in baseball, who has no – Team around, they got Lindor. Okay, I can't say Lindor's bad and Pete's bad, but like, the team never produces for him. Trout is rotting in Anaheim. Degrom's and Degrom is rotting in Queens. Pretty accurate. Doctor Mike, anything on Degrom and the Mets? Not the Mets, but Degrom. Um. Well, listen. Let's face it. Degrom is a phenomenal pitcher. Uh, he gives you, as a Mets fan, an old school feel of what I grew up with with the White Gooden. Have to watch him pitch. Um, I canceled SNY on my TV, so I don't get the Mets. But um, I mean, everybody else can watch him pitch. Uh, the question is, does he have an opt out? Because don't forget, he signed that deal, and now he's like so underpaid, it's not even funny. And if he has an opt out, can the Yankees sign? Well, that's a good transition, I, I guess. But what do you got? Anything else? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, you, you, got, you got to make sure he, he is appointment viewing. You have to watch his start. Yeah. Oh, he's older than I thought he was. Shoot, I didn't know he was 33. That's still not bad. No, but I was going to say if he were to win the Cy Young, he'd be his third. He would be 
one more after that than away from being top five, you know, of most Cy Young's one in a career. But I thought he was still younger than 33, so I don't know how much longer he's going to probably go. Oh, I guess if he's doing this, he'll have a good enough three years left. At least. Who's 33? DeGrom. DeGrom's not 33. Yeah, he is. Jacob DeGrom is 33 years old. According to baseball reference. He started in twenty four. He started in twenty fourteen at twenty six. He was a college kid. Wow, that I did not realize. He was a ninth round pick in the twenty ten MLB draft out of Stetson. So a ninth round wow. pick as a college kid, yeah. So he's he's thirty three. Yeah, he's thirty he's thirty two years old. He'll be thirty three in June. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, that's good. That makes me feel... That's what I'm saying. Like, I did not know he was already in his mid-30s. I thought he was like, 29. Almost mid-30s, like... I thought he was, like, 29. I thought he was even younger than that. Well, shows you I'm out of touch with that. I thought he was young. Well, Dr. Wow. Mike, you touched on the Yankees. Before we get to the actual team itself, let's talk about one of their most paid players ever. Because Dr. Mike brought this up. A-Rod has been getting a lot of heat for his broadcasting. Now, Dr. Mike, I'll let's, let you... Let's not badmouth A-Rod. He's a TikTok star. Also, <laughs> the, the man is going through a very, very tough thing right now. Uh, him and J-Lo officially split up. And I oh, feel for the guy. I have, yeah, I feel awful for A-Rod. Nobody is uh, more of a poster child for turning their life around than Alex Rodriguez. Dr. Mike, you love him. Why don't we let you take the, take this, uh, the reins with this and, and run? Well, in all seriousness, a couple of years ago when A-Rod first started on Fox for the playoffs, everybody loved him. Everyone said he was so prepared. He was a fresh uh, breath, a breath of fresh air uh, on those pregame broadcasts. Then he started on ESPN. I used to complain. I thought his microphone was too low. I actually had trouble hearing him. Uh, but I really, I actually am one of the people who watch Sunday Night Baseball only because he's on there. I, I like him. I, I enjoy listening to the broadcast. Today on the radio, on Mad Dog Radio, a different uh, an evening show, they were killing A-Rod. They want him gone. They say he's horrible. He's robotic. He says the same thing. Um, I, don't, I don't have that take. I think he's quirky, and I think that makes it fun. You know, a Sunday night game, you're, you're getting whatever game you get that weekend, and you I would tune in for the broadcasters, Masturian and and Era. Era's going through a difficult thing, but yeah. that whole thing was a farce anyway. That was a PR scam the whole the whole two years. So um, I would hate to see Era go, but now that he just bought the uh, Timberwolves or is about to, uh, he probably isn't long for broadcasting. Yeah, I mean, Aaron adds that. Yeah, he's one of the, he's one of those. Uh, Analyst, right? That, that covers the game from how he sees it. Uh, the on the field stuff is great, but you could hire somebody else to do A Rod's job. But are you gonna get it in the same delivery now? Or you can get the same name behind it. That's what I'm saying. Do you have the name? But the right. way he delivers things right. with so much passion, I, I think like he's still so in love with the game of baseball. He was forced out. I, why wouldn't he be? That's what I'm saying. Like he, how old is he now? Was he forty? Uh, he's gotta be 42. Well, if, if he's 40, why is Yachty still in the league and not A Rod? Because he got forced now. A Rod could be a nice first baseman right now, you know? He's in good shape. Well, I think the thing A Rod's in good shape. Your point is well taken. Your point is well taken. Uh, 
point is well taken. You want to, uh, we talk about adding personality to the game. You know, Bob Uecker is a classic broadcaster because he has personality. To me, when, you, when A-Rod's announcing a game, you want to hear the stupid stuff that comes out of his mouth. Exactly. You want to hear the quirky things because he's just like us sitting around. It'd be like us if we were broadcasting a game, obviously without 694 home runs and a couple of steroid suspensions. Um, but... <laughs> I don't know. I, I would hate for him to go, and now that he's lost the Timberwolves, again, I don't know if that deal is finalized yet. Um, you know, I'm disappointed. I would have loved to have seen him grab an ownership of a baseball team. Listen, the biggest the biggest difference between broadcasting of us and A-Rod is people actually listen to A-Rod enough to want him off the air. Right. Obviously, nobody's listened to us for the past two and a half years because it's taken us this long to stop doing it. Um, nothing out there of the purchase fully going through, just stuff of finalizing. Okay. So well, we'll see where the road takes Aaron. But it's not; they're not only buying the Timberwolves. Supposedly, they're also trying to buy the Minnesota Lynx, which is the WNBA team in there as well. They want whole control over professional basketball. I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron's interested in that with his two or three daughters. Yeah. So, all right. One more thing before we get over to the two teams that our group really knows. Uh, Kansas City Royals, just quick hit right here. Real Ain't gonna last. or fake? They are the best record in the American League right now. Reese, we'll start with you. I don't think it's going to last long. I think they have a decent team on paper. Of course, bringing Benatendi in was a nice touch. What Merrifield's always a great hitter. The, the pitching staff's meh. Even though they have, you know, big fan of Brady Singer. He's going to be good eventually. But I think it's all just they're hot right now. I think it's kind of like the Giants. I think the Giants can hold it a little bit more. Um, but you have the White Sox that are two games back. That ain't going to last long. We see how good the White Sox are. Like, on paper. Again, it could not... We've seen teams that are good on paper not work out. But then you also have the Indians and Twins, who I think are going to eventually get hot. Again, it's still early in the season. We're 20, 21 games in. Around there, right? There's still 140 left to go. I don't know if the Royals can sustain that type of run for the whole year. Dr. Mike, what do you got? I think the Royals continue, the Royals of the A's continue to show the ineptitude of teams like the Mets and even the Yankees a little bit now. Because, yeah, the Royals were in the World Series at 15. They had a little drought after that because they got rid of some guys and now here they are, they're back again. And I do think they're going to stick around. I think those divisions are mediocre enough where they can stick around. I don't put a lot of stock in the White Sox. They may edge it out at the end, but they're not going to go run away and hide. And, uh, and the Royals are just young enough to know, not to know, they don't know. And that's why they're going to hang around. And again, these divisions last year gave a lot of teams confidence to grind, grind, grind for the seasons where and
are not going to go and lose 15 out of 18 to the Red Sox, Yankees, and Rays. So, so you're going to pick up more wins. It, it, it's going to make those teams be in the mix more in the Central Division. They'll beat up on each other, but they're also going to get their share of victory against the East this year, which hasn't been the case. So there's been talks the last few years, right, with the Royals. Do they sell Whit Merrifield? He's he's up there. He's kind of at the end of he's get, he's right in his prime area, right? He's very good second baseman, can play the outfield, very good contact hitter. There's other guys in that lineup that are older, especially the pitching staff, all the other stuff they could work with. Would they be buyers if they're in contention? I think if that's the thing because they they've been one of those teams that's always considered a seller, always considered. Well, of course, the big piece I'm coming back to is Merrifield. Will they sell Merrifield? Will he get traded? If they're somewhat in contention, they think they can win the division. Do you think they buy even though they're still in the rebuilding phase? It's like we've talked about with every team in the Central, and this is what I'm going to get to with my point. Is like Dr. Mike said, this division is wide open. Yeah. If the Royals are involved at the deadline, you've got Merrifield, you've got Benintendi, you've got Salvi, who just re-signed Salvador Perez. Go get the pieces and win while you can. This division is wide open, and if they make the moves now, they could have it for the next three years. I think you also have to – if you're sitting there as the Royals, though, and you have some of your top prospects who you do see as part of your future – Bring them up. Let them ride. Let's go. Do you trade them, though, to get a big piece to help you win a World Series if the, now? If that piece can stay for three years. But I was saying, especially, I was thinking, like, would you, do you think they trade a guy potentially like a Bobby Witt Jr., who is projected to be such a star shortstop in the game, kind of like Wander Franco level? Or you, you need control for multiple years. Okay. I've heard year in and year out that this White Sox team is there and this is their time. All right? They have yet to run away with this division, and they are not doing it this year. No. If you've got the opportunity, no, no this division has continued to be mediocre. If you've got the opportunity, you have pieces already, and you can afford to go get more, get more. The, no matter the price. No matter. Depending on who, the, who they're trading away matters the price, right? I think it depends on who they're getting. Who they're getting. Okay. It doesn't matter. Okay, so Trevor Story. Trevor Story? He's on the last year of his deal. You have right now Mondesi at short. I don't think Mon- Mondesi's not the long-term future for them at short. If Trevor Story would re-sign, but they're not going to pay him enough to re-sign, so no. You don't. Go Any guy on a one-year deal, you have to have. You're saying they'd have to get a guy with at least years. two years of like control. They ha- well, like when they got Benintendi. at least a half year, and then all of next year. Okay. So he could actually feel the culture of Kansas City. Not this. Just come in at August. Not just come in August first. Let's go on a little bit of a run. Oh shit, we missed the playoffs by one game, and then that guy walks. Then it's not worth it. Okay. All right. Second to last piece. Non-politically here. Politically. The All-Star game is being moved to Colorado. What are your feelings on just what the atmosphere will be like in Colorado? Dr. Mike, let's start with you. Non-politically. Non-politically? Non-politically. It's getting political. Well, um... <laughs> He wanted to go politically. You know, no, no, it's fine. I mean, I, it's fine. I don't really know. To be honest with you, um, it's disheartening that the game was moved. Um, the, the, the reasons, 
behind it are what they are, and people are going to take the sides that they take and move in the game to do a goddamn thing. But, with that said, what does it mean for Colorado? To be honest, you know, I don't think the players are going to want to even be anywhere. I think this generation is now, you know, oh, we want the days off, oh, you know, we want to make a political statement. Um, They'll find something to bitch about with Colorado. And and that's the reality. Uh, Because it's not, nobody, nobody's speaking as an individual. They're speaking like they they have to take a side. And so they'll find something, but between now and the All-Star game, there'll be a problem in Colorado. And then what are they gonna do? You know, then what are they gonna do? They're gonna move it again? So, the atmosphere in Colorado, I can tell you one thing, most of the people won't be able to see anything because they'll be higher than a kite. That's the atmosphere in Colorado. That's what I was gonna say, that was gonna touch. Well, so this is what I'm gonna say. I'm talking about from a strictly baseball perspective, the Colorado Rockies trade Nolan Arenado for a couple pennies and and gave a, the car- and and a bag of cornflakes. Say gave the Cardinals money too. They also gave the Cardinals money. Their GM steps down today. Yeah. One of the worst baseball moves in recent history. That organization is now being rewarded with the All Star game. Not talking about why it was taken out of Atlanta. Not talking about whether or not they should have it. From the who got it standpoint, there were other bigger cities in the baseball spectrum that you could go to in mid June, early July. You can go to you go to Fenway, I go was, to Milwaukee, was, like Reese was. I think Reese is gonna say. Well, no, I was gonna say Milwaukee was one because of Hank the Aaron. Hank Aaron tribute that was supposed to happen at this year's All Star game that will no longer be happening. No, it is. They're gonna. They're st- oh, they're doing a call. It would have been. Cooler to see it happen in Milwaukee. That's where he started before the Braves moved to Atlanta. But I was going to say the new Globe, globe Life in, in Texas. I think after- Talk about a, a stadium that has a lot of full fans, right? The only one in, MLB, in the MLB that I know that has had full capacity. But, but, but boys, but boys, 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 you're missing why it's not going to Texas. And you're missing why it's not going certain cities because yeah. it is political. Yeah, it, it's political. I and I think if we're thinking about the question that you said though, with what does Colorado bring? I think it brings a ton of excitement for the home run derby. Now, I as am, they're in, I, got, I, am I think you're going to gonna see you're going to see guys like Vladdy in it. I think Tatis could compete in it this year. Acuna, you're I want to have P. I need Giancarlo or Judge in that in that they derby. Co- they if it's going to be Let's Judge, I think overstand. Like they're wearing different uniforms. But you're going to be the the amount of we could see a record broke for a home run derby because you we know how balls fly out there, and especially when they have it, you know. Midsummer, where it's the warmest out there, it's it's gonna be fun. You're gonna That's see gonna some 500 foot home runs potentially. I had to. Say, I have been thinking about these last couple days, like because I've been playing MLB the Show. I'm I'm guessing that's one of the big reasons. Going this, how, that how much it brings, add that excitement for fans to see balls get absolutely launched to yeah. the moon in Colorado. But all right, well, the last piece we got here is. We'll, go, we'll start with the Braves and we'll finish up with Dr. Mike's. 
three. Let's let's you go. You go ahead. Dog water. <laughs> they are. The, well, actually, I can't say. I guess it's not too bad because the division's been rough. As there are still only two games back, they're tied for third right now with the Marlins. Technically, they're tied with the Nationals too because the Nationals are two games back, but. It's just been bad. We were we went to dinner tonight, and they had the Cubs game on TV. When we left, they were up, I believe, 5-4. But you're sitting there, Charlie Morton's pitching tonight. The Cubs get bases loaded, and guess who comes up to the plate? Chris Bryant. What does he do? Hits a grand slam. I don't know what's going on with Atlanta. The pitching has been atrocious. The hitting has been atrocious, too, this year, as we saw them get... No hit by Mad Bump and have what a one hit game. One hit. One hit game in the other doubleheader. That is rough. And you're also seeing guys that they let go still have successful season. Colperson's look good in Texas. And you want to talk about the biggest loss of all, Melanson, who has been probably the best reliever in the NL so far this year. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean I'm just, as a Braves fan, it's sucks to see, but then again, I still have to think there's still 140 games left to play, and the Braves get have hot. known to get hot at multiple points during the season and go on a run, especially these past few years. Dr. Mike, what do you got on the Braves? Uh, the Braves are going to win the National League East, so that's what I got. Uh, the Braves will win the National League East, trust me. Trust me when I say this. The Braves will win it. I'm watching them right now. Acuna just almost killed the third base coach with a line drive, literally just missed Ron Washington's head. Didn't help that Ron Washington saw three balls coming out of him because, well, he used to have some issues. Hopefully he's over those. But the the Braves will win the division. I, I still got my eggs in the Phillies basket. I'm all in on them. I was hopeful in the beginning for the Phillies. I think the, the Phillies would be in the mix, but I think I think the Braves just have the best team. I, I didn't understand why people were not giving them, picking them as high this year. The Braves have a good, solid team, and that division is not something you have to worry about. Unless, by some hook or crook, the Mets actually hung in there. You know, but I just don't see that happening either. I just don't. Not yet. The Mets are going to hang on by... Or the Mets will go as, as far as DeGrom and Lindor, or as I'm just going to say actually DeGrom, as DeGrom will take them. But yeah. another thing I want to touch on with the Braves real quick. They have the best pinch hitter in baseball right now in the Pablo Panda. Sandoval. Pablo Sandoval's back, baby. He may not be that great in the field. He, he never really was, but that dude can still hit bombs at that ripe old age. All right. Last piece here. Worst team in baseball. We're going we're gonna to end things with the team that we've covered the most and the team that I think, yeah, started this whole thing. Let's go with the Yankees. Dr. Mike, all I've got on my note sheet is no offense. Yankees suck. Oh, I was going to so, say zero offense, too. Let's start with you, Dr. Mike, since um, you already touched on them. I just think, now the Yankees are really struggling. This is the Yankee fans' worst nightmare because normally they find a way to win in the regular season and their shortcomings come out in the short series of the playoffs. And right now, you can't, um, they don't hit in big spots. They don't get enough hits. They rely on the long ball. And even though the pitching is keeping them in games, a 4-1 deficit is a lot. And um, 
I really don't see them. I'm worried about them because it's not that they're just scuffling. As bad as their division is, I still like the Blue Jays. I still like the Rays. I, I turn on their games and I think those teams are going to grind and win. And all of a sudden, look at the Mets, or, uh, sorry, the Red Sox are in playing well to start the year off. I think that this is going to be one of those years with the Yankees where, you know, it's a struggle to get to 500, and when you do, you drop two. Because they just don't get enough hits to consistently win. It's getting. I, I don't. I actually don't see them making the playoffs this year. It's getting late early. Let's put it that way. They are running out of time right. very quickly. Right. Um, listen, you can be like, oh, yeah, they just got to get hot. Right now, they're still, what, four games, five games? They're, below? Four, and a, oh, they're, uh, they're four games back from being 500, but they're in their four and a half yeah. back right now. You can't, you, can't look, you can't look at them until they get to 500. And the problem is... Where are the Red yeah. Sox, where are the Rays, and well, where are the... Well, the Rays are one Olympics game short of 500. They're going to have several four-game losing streaks until Cole pitches. So even if they get to 500, it takes a lot to get to 500. When you're four games under 500, it takes winning three series. And they they haven't won a series. They haven't won a series before this Cleveland one, and they hadn't won one in three in their last three series. It's been. Wait. Yeah, that's why. That's why they're under fire. That's why they. That's why they're where they are. And, and, but again, it's they're, and they're not. Let's face it, guys. They're not good in terms of day-to-day baseball when you're relying on the long ball. And when you look at the averages, these guys don't hit. We say it in the playoffs. They don't hit. Well, this is and this is the regular season. You're seeing it. And last year. They were three games over 500. So like somebody said, this is now 100 games that they've been under 500. Yeah. They it's, were three games over 500 or something like that to end the season last year. They, they almost so missed the playoffs. 60, right. You take those 60 and these, uh, you know, 25, and this is who they are. I mean, I think the Yankees have put too many, too much faith in guys who have done things in the past, but they aren't doing them now. Corey Kluber was a was a Cy Young five years ago. I think Yankees fans put too much weight on the fact that, oh, he could be a Cy Young. That was five years ago. Aaron Judge wasn't in the league when Corey Kluber won his Cy Young. They lost, they, they lost a tremendous amount of money like most teams, and they made, because of the pandemic, and they made the decision not to go out and sign high-profile pitchers because their feeling was... Once fans are allowed back in, people are going to come anyway because they missed the year of baseball. So, again, we've said it for years. I've talked to other Series Yankee fans. They don't care if they win the World Series anymore. By they, I mean ownership. They want to, what do we always say? Fill it up, make the playoffs. They don't give a if they win the whole thing. That's not what they're about anymore. And this is a perfect example coming off a pandemic, they're worried about the bottom line, and now they just announced today 33% of fans starting May 1st in New York uh, in the stadium. They're going to get 33% sold out, and they're going to make their money back little by little, and they're not going to care. Yeah, 
I mean, I, there's not much I can say about the Yankees race. Do you have anything that you want to add? You guys touched. I mean, the offense is just atrocious, and it's they're awful. in a division right now where you know the Rays are going to be competitive. They always find a way to be. They may not be the team they were last year because they're definitely not, but they're still going to potentially find a way to win the division. Now that the Sox have Cora back, I mean, they look good. Do we know if they're cheating or not? No. But, I mean, they... I mean, I mean, they could be, but we're not going to be pointing any fingers yet till we hear a couple trash cans out in the, in the dugout, till we hear some gym drums going off. But then you have the Blue Jays, who we know are going to be somewhat competitive and are on the uptrend. They, they have the right pieces in place to eventually make a run. Interesting that they're how they're playing in the deep this year. but I mean, They're not. They're going to Buffalo. Oh, they are now going to Buffalo? They're going somewhere. Okay, so they're going back up. But... It's it's sad when you see the Yankees below the Orioles start the season. Yeah. The Orioles aren't even really trying, I don't think, to win games. Like, they know they're bad. And the fact that they're at least one game, I think they're exactly one, yeah, one game better is still a problem. I mean, you're just going to have to wait and see, and we'll see how things play out. And um, I don't know. Reese, do you have anything before we, we end this? Um, well, uh, like you said, last episode for the foreseeable future, as uh, I'm graduating, you have stuff you're doing constantly going separate ways, but uh, it's been fun. Of course, I wasn't here from the get-go. I joined two years ago? Yeah, two years ago, freshman year of college for Mikey and I, first year, and uh, it's been a blast. Dr. Mike, do you have anything? Well, I, I, would, I would caution you both to try to find a way to keep this going, even if it's a, a periodic thing, because what's going to happen is life is going to get busy, and if you don't make time to have this on the calendar, the consistency of being in touch will become that much more difficult. Whereas this lends itself to a, pre, a preseason show, uh, you know, an all-star break show, a playoff show, at least you're doing... Four, four or five different things during the course of the year. I think you, you really need to consider keeping it going and continue to try to publicize it. I mean, post a thing on Facebook, you get a couple likes here or there. You're not doing it for that as much as you're doing it to have the sports conversation. I think you really got to keep that in mind. The other thing is it's hard to believe. I remember the day you moved in and Reese saying, yeah, I got 30 credits. I, I'll be done in three years. And to think that with two weeks, that's it. It's over already. And then, like, you have a year left to go. Um, but that's going to go fast, too. So I would keep it going somehow. There's always going to be key topics that come up. You hop on a 40-minute call, and it gives you a 40-minute call. And you can do it at any time of the day. So I, I would strongly suggest, you know, you, you revive it from time to time. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's it's hard to believe. Hard to believe that uh, the Tampa experience is coming to an end. I mean, granted, I'll still go for the next thirty years because that's what I do. But you guys get ready to go to work. Hey, I'm in Florida twenty four seven, whether I'm in Tampa or not. So I get to enjoy nice weather year round. I don't have to deal with those, you know, beautiful, beautiful Connecticut winters. And 
you know, Dr. Mike, oh. touch on what you said before I wrap wrap up this episode and who knows what will go on from here. Like I said, it's foreseeable for right now. Things it's could just change. A, it's just a hiatus right this second. we got to figure some stuff we've, out. We've been on and off really, really poorly for the last year, so we're going to take a step back for a little bit, see where things go. Maybe we'll revamp in a different sport or just a overall sports aspect so it's not just the baseball focus. We'll do it a little bit yeah, less frequently. Yeah, that would be good. But we'll we'll see if we get something rolling again in the future. Um, until then, though, I want to thank everybody for listening. I'm not going to plug the social media this time because who knows what's going to happen with that. Um, once again, thank you all for listening. It's been a fun three years. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to do this. And for the few of you who've gotten to listen, it's been it's been fun. Uh, want to shout out to Ben who joined us for a couple episodes, Joe Paseno, Dylan Ash, Joe Papaseno. Reese, it was awesome having you on for three years. Dr. Mike, Dad, it was awesome to have three years of baseball conversation. And stuff we've done in the past was uh, now to put on air and put some of these thoughts on paper and to see the discussions evolve over the last three years. It's, it's been fun. Um, so thank you all for listening and have a good one.